For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, this is the Sleepers Media official conference tournament preview episode. We're going to go conference by conference through the six major conferences. And we're bringing in expert guests with us as well, the first of whom is Terrence Oglesby. You can find him on the field of 68 and calling games all over in the Coastal Conference and beyond, from what I hear. Southern Conference. Uh, Southern Conference. Southern Conference right now. But you've also have you done an ACC one too? Done a couple. Yeah, you know, I've done a few pre-conference stuff, so. Yeah, you're, you're all over. People I'm trying, man. That. I'm trying. I, I got to do the quarterfinal day, but it, the quarterfinal day at the SoCon, then Randolph uh, Childress took the last two, like the good games. <laughs> <laughs> so he got those ESPN, but that's fine. No, it was fun. It's it's it, that's other conference, man. Those two top two teams. Yeah, good. It was a good one yesterday. We'll uh we'll have to make RC pay for that when uh we're on the road together later later this month, but. Yes, uh, all right, let's let's jump right into this because Theo is a family man, so he's sacrificing quality time with uh, with his children and with his dog for us today. So we gotta we gotta <laughs> capitalize here. Let's jump right into this. Obviously, we're off the Duke North Carolina game last night. Uh, the bracket is set. We've got Duke as the one seed. Notre Dame and Carolina are the two and three on the opposite side of the bracket. Theo, what jumps out to you as far as initial impressions of this bracket heading into this conference tournament? some of the the pathways to get to the semifinal round for a couple of teams on the first day of the tournament, it just makes it possible. I'm not saying it's probable. It makes it possible because we've been talking about how weak the ACC been, and it has been weak. I mean, there's no secrets there. But at the same time, there's a couple of teams that have played well, including my Clemson Tigers, who have all of a sudden rattled off four in a row. Now they have – now they're on the first day as a 10 seed. They play NC State next round. They play a team they just beat in Virginia Tech. Next round after that, they'll play Notre Dame, who they've had some success against. It's like, yeah. what's, what's going on? And and I'm I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but it, it, it's it's also not outside the realm of possibility. I think that's one of the big things. Uh, outside of that, Syracuse, Florida State ended up at an eight nine, and that that says about all you need to know when it comes to the kind of year that the ACC has had. It's been it's been a rough go of it, but. Uh, after an impressive performance, I think the fact that Carolina ended up at three uh, is is a win in my book for Huber Davis and company, especially after the pre, pre-conference stuff we saw with some of these massive losses and not just kind of losing, like absolutely getting throttled. For them to be able to get a three seed, be it a two-day buy going in, uh, it's been uh, – it, in, in retrospect, it, they needed to learn a little bit and they've grown from the things that happened early in the season – Carolina teams want to be reckoned with moving forward. I mean, they played really well last night. Yeah, me and me and Greg were actually talking about it before we got on here. Like, for as much as you, people want to weigh in on what Carolina did earlier in the year, like you said, they have picked it up as a late. And this is a team with talent straight up. I mean, R.J. Davis and Caleb Caleb Love, I, I don't really know if you could really want a more fun backcourt. Brady Mannix coming on, being able to knock down shots. Like, this is a fun team. And for them to go into Cameron last night, 
and win that game with everything that was going on. That's like got to be one of the best wins of the year, like for any team in college basketball, I feel like. Yeah. How, how, how great was it that Coach K, he's like, no, it was no. It was, you could just see no, like no, it no, was still no, there. Quiet. It's quiet. It was unacceptable. No. no. <laughs> it was like when your grandpa, who doesn't really speak much, and like he's like the sweet one and grandma runs the house, and then all of a sudden like Coach K, you, he just popped out of him, just like, hey, man, everybody else talks a lot, but everybody knows who the boss is. Yeah. No. Let me finish. <laughs> it was like, Jesus Okay. Like, all right. Great. All the fans are so sweet. Like all these people are crying. Coach K just, he's pissed yeah. the entire time. He's pissed. Yeah. I enjoyed watching every second of that. We, uh, <laughs> we were drinking a little bit last night before we headed out. We went bowling last night and we made sure to stick around and watch his entire speech because watching coach K cringe in that moment was uh top notch television. So you gave us, you gave us a non top seed in, in Clemson who could potentially make a run here of the top four teams that have the double buys. Who do you think has the toughest path here? And obviously Duke, I mean, should be able to get to the final, no matter who they play, but, I'm a little intrigued, like Florida State and Syracuse. I know Syracuse hasn't played well. Florida State's been super down as well. But, like, those are two programs that for one game can can lead to a tough matchup for teams just with the way they play stylistically. Um, who would you say of the top four has a, a tough path? You know, I, I would love to say that Duke has a tough road. But it's Syracuse, the, the, that zone and the fact that they can't rebound out of it and they're so unathletic that Duke is just going to run rough shot through them. Like there's not going to be a whole lot that they can do. Uh, the, the top four seed that I think could have, an, could have a rough time is Miami. And the fact that they're a four seeds big time too. I mean, you look at who they could play, it would be the winner of uh, Wake Forest and Boston College and Pitt, which is going to be Wake Forest. That's going to be a tough one from the jump. Uh, Alondis Williams and all those guys, Wake Forest can really go. And they've got shooting around some of their playmakers, which makes it a lot of fun to watch. And then Notre Dame, I know they came in second, guys, but it's like I have a hard time trusting them. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what it is about Notre Dame, but I just can't wrap my head around them winning the conference. You know what it is. You've said it this year. What's that? It's their defense. They don't guard anybody, T.O. Well, it's you say that. Line. Yeah, I mean, we say that, but at the same time, like, and, and I feel like Rob Doster every time I bring up Ken Palm, but like they have a better defense than Carolina. They have a better defense than Miami. They are neck and neck with, they are have a better defense in Virginia. Like, like that's the crazy part about it. Like they're defending, but there's something about the way they play that just makes me hesitant. Like is that explosive guard Blake, Blake Wesley going to be able to carry them all the way through? And he's been relied on a lot. And remember guys, he's a true freshman. Yeah. So that's one that's one team that it, that I'm looking at that, man, as a two seed, I believe like it's going to be hard for them to carry through because uh, it, I just it's hard for me. to It's I don't know what it is about Mike Bray and all those guys, but if they shoot it well, they can beat anybody in the conference. I just don't know that they can beat Duke and I just don't know that they can beat a Wake Forest or a North Carolina like those top level teams when it all. You know, they took care of all the games they were supposed to take care of. How are they going to compete against the top of the league is how I feel about them moving forward. It's just it's just interesting to look at the bracket and just pure visually. Visually, I'm looking, I'm like, Notre Dame is a two seed in the ACC. Like, it just, it just, yeah. it, call me a hater. It just doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> no, I, well, ACC, I mean, I'm NC sorry. State become, coming in last place. Yeah. NC like, State. What? Weird. Like it doesn't make sense. Like Georgia Tech, who won the league last year, 14th, Louisville 11th. Like it's 
it's a weird league. And if you look back at the, even the overall records, I'm, I'm looking at Ken Palm right now, but like 11 and 20 NC state, 12 and 19 Georgia tech, 11 and 20 Pitt, Boston college, 11, 19 Louisville, 12 and 18, like the bottom five, it's like embarrassingly bad. Like, and it didn't used to be like that year. There used to be 2010, 2012. There was like, at least those bottom teams were around 500 for the overall season. Now it's like, you get to 500. Well, good job. Like, it's just not the same as it used to be right now. And something, I don't know what's got to change. There's like a lot of different things that you can point at to be like, well, they need to change this. Like the coaches need to get the hell out of the way. Like Bayheim needs to get out. Uh, Roy got out of the way. Coach K is now getting out. Like Larinaga has been down there. He's going to be able to coach forever because he's living in Miami. His bones feel good because it's 90 degrees in December. So like, is he going to retire ever? Like, you know what I mean? Like they, it, there needs to be some movement here. And I'm not sure how quickly it's going to be fixed because the ACC itself is, is they're able to get all these five-star kids. Problem is getting five-star kids they're leaving early. Look at the Big Ten. They're getting a bunch of three- and four-star kids. They're staying for four years. And then you get the Keegan Murrays. You get the Johnny Davises. You get, like, these different guys that are highly efficient, effective players at the college level because they're sticking around. And the older leagues have traditionally been the better leagues over the past five or six years, right? So yeah. it's interesting to see how all that's morphing together. I, I don't know the answer, to be honest with you. Like, what, what's the answer besides getting guys out of the way? There's just so many teams in the conference now. Yeah, I'm very curious if this is like a one-year thing or if this becomes a trend as we move forward as Coach K departs. Uh, you mentioned we, we kind of all said Wake Forest in some form early. Uh, I was surprised to see there on the five line. I know they've had some struggles down the stretch, but like to me, that's been the second best team in the ACC until North Carolina's come on really strong late. Um, I mean, I mean, I love Alanis Williams to me. He's a guy who could kind of go on a singular type run through this tournament. If he's really, really playing well, Tio, if you had to name one guy in the conference who could potentially go team on your back, Kemba Walker style, who would that player be? Alondis. I I think that's, that's one guy that can do it. Another guy I would, I would look to is somebody like a Charlie Moore at Miami, who's not the main, uh, not the main option, but defensively he's been spectacular averaging over two steals a game. He's somebody that can really guard the basketball and flip a game on its head because there's been times where he's been great. There's been times where he's been bad, but with Miami uh, having that, they're a double buy, right? They're the four seed with them having that double buy, they've given Duke problems. So if they get past Wake Forest in that first game, they beat, they beat Duke at Cameron, they could win again. And it's a team that they have several different guys that can score. Cam Augusti has been terrific all season. He's my age. So it's like, like there's so many old players on that team. And then Charlie Moore has kind of been the lightning rod that's been able to spark runs. And like I said, flip a game on its head. So I think Charlie Moore, Cam Augusti, and that Miami team, if we're not talking about Alondis Williams, is it, that's a group of players that I think could take off and get going really quickly. Yeah, I'm with you on the Miami just because just based purely off the fact that you got a bunch of guys who've been there before and done this. Like you got a yeah. bunch of guys who are probably on their fifth conference tourney runs in their college careers, maybe even more. And, you know, they show they can do it all this year. You win in Cameron, like you said, you can do it all. Uh, all right, T.O., we got to get you on record here, though, for your official ACC tournament pick. So we want to know who matches up in the semifinals and then who makes it to the finals, of course, and then who comes out on top. Oh, I'm sitting here. I think Duke Duke's an obvious one. Uh, Carolina is another one that'll be. So you got the one and the three going for sure. I like a Virginia Tech to upset Notre Dame in the quarters. Ooh. 
So let's go uh, Duke, Carolina, Virginia Tech. It's, it's tough for me between Miami and Wake Forest. That's, God, that that's kind of a, a good one. It's a good that's, one. That's the tough one. I'm saying, let's see. So Miami won both matchups. It's hard to beat a team twice in a row or three times. Give me Wake in uh, round three. And so so it, that would be Duke, Wake, Virginia Tech, Carolina. Like we'll that. Have a Duke, we'll have a Duke Carolina finals and we will force, we will force Carowell to shake hands at the end of the game because <laughs> we're, we're grown ups. Because we're grownups, the, the, the players can do it. But because we're grownups, we're going to shake hands. Ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Uh, I, I was making jokes. If Hubert Davis had any self-respect, he would have thrown a punch. Get the right hook out. But I guess that's just a Big Ten thing. I don't condone uh, violence. Yeah, well, Carter Elliott does. So do condone. Not, not necessarily that. There's a, there's a time and a place for all violence, though. don't know if that was it. But that's true. I do condone violence. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, you're going uh, – would you have Duke beating Carolina in that game in the rematch? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I think uh, Carolina caught lightning in a bottle. There was too much stress on those players. It was like – there was just so much more going on than just the game, and those players were just befuddled at everything that was happening. So I think Duke – imagine the fact that there, there will be less pressure in an ACC conference championship game than the final regular season game at home like that, that just doesn't happen so i mean that's uh i, I think duke's gonna end up winning that game yeah one of a kind uh from a betting perspective by the way duke is the the obvious front running favorite they're only minus 130 to win this acc tournament so pretty close to a pick them if you think duke is just miles ahead of the rest of the conference uh and then everybody else is above eight to one carolina's eight to one wake forest virginia tech notre dame all 10 to one miami 11 to one so i uh my agenda recently, T.O., has been that I think the ACC is actually going to overperform down the stretch run here compared to what people expect. I think that's I true. I don't th- I'm not going to be surprised if they get a couple Sweet 16 teams. With the way Carolina's playing, if Wake Forest just gets a decent draw, God forbid if a Virginia Tech does end up getting an auto bid here somehow, like <laughs> if they're picking things up and they're hot, I, I think we're going to get over two teams from the ACC that win at least one game in March. Uh, because of that, I, I may sprinkle like teams like North Carolina and Wake Forest to win this conference tournament. I don't know that they're that far behind Duke if they play well. We'll see. You know what's crazy about it is there's always a conference that everybody's like, oh, they're terrible, oh, they're terrible. And then they'll send like a third of their t- – like five or four teams and every one of them will win in the first round. Yeah. It was a Pac-12 last year. That's right. I mean, everybody's kind of dogging the Pac-12 last year, and they show out big time. So it, th- those kind of things happen. And then what happens, too, is is everything's measured in pre-conference, and everybody's like, well, it doesn't matter until you get the conference play. No, no, no. It matters. <laughs> it matters for power, to, for power conferences. They all matter, every single one of them. You have to be good in the non-con. Because this is when your reputation for your league is established. The non-cons, when you determine how many teams you're going to get in. So to say, like, well, we'll get it going come conference season. No, you got to be good all the time, which I think is the big part of this whole thing. Like, ACC was so bad in the non-conference that it killed them. Now, what's going to happen is the cream of the crop in the conference is going to be able to be those top five seeds, and they're going to be lower seeds. So they're going to get, you know, some interesting draws. But I think, you know, the ACC get five in, probably have four four teams win in the first round. I don't know who loses, but – it's entirely possible that there's a good showing. Yeah, I'm with you there. I just, I, after me slandering them all season long, it feels a little weird for me to go on record yeah. that I'm in on the ACC right now, but I am. We'll see. 
very impressive win from North Carolina last night. Very impressive performance from you, T.O. Thank you for making time for us. We appreciate you. And uh, I'm sure we'll beg you to come back on the show at some point soon. Just so you know, my daughter walked outside. She's four years old. She walked outside. She pulled the chair up to the window and she's been trying to talk to me through the window because I kicked her out of my office. And then like I'm sitting there and I'm looking and my dog, we have we have like half an acre backyard. Like we have a great backyard. It's flat the whole night, but we have like a little, like a bunch of gravel and a fire pit right here. And it's not very big. It's not the nicest thing in the world, but there's a bunch of gravel. I got a half an acre back here. My dog goes into gravel and takes a shit. I got everything else and I can't go and beat this dog because I'm talking to you guys. My daughter's crawling off something. I hope she doesn't break anything. It's absolute pandemonium at the Oglesby house. But here I am. For sleep. I, I, but I do it for sleepers media. We feel that's man. Yeah. In the, in the heartstrings. All right. Get out of here, Theo. Thank you, my friend. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. We're moving to the Pac-12 next. We've got our Pac-12 expert. Resident Field of 68, Arizona expert, Ryan Wool. Uh, he produces the Arizona podcast for the Field of 68. So make sure you check that out as well. Uh, Ryan, thank you for being here, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, guys, for uh, for inviting me on. 100%. Yeah, we, 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 we appreciate you coming on to a podcast where there have been two gentlemen here, myself included, and Gregory, who have said a few choice words about the Arizona men's basketball team. I don't know if you heard them. But especially Greg has had a few choice words to say about that basketball team. We might get into that, but we appreciate you putting that aside and helping us out with this Pac-12 tournament bracket, which I'm pretty excited about, honestly. Yeah, let me go story time real quick, Ryan. I don't think you've heard this yet, but uh, I got a DM over the weekend from Kirk Risa himself to my personal direct messages. Uh, all he said in his DM is, quote, we'll see. And that is in reference to a clip that Rob Doster, my boss, put on Twitter over the weekend, uh, misquoting me, saying that I trust Wendell Green, but I don't trust Kirk Risa. Uh, now, I do deserve a little bit. I did basically say I don't trust Kirk Risa to lead Arizona to a Final Four, but I did not say I trust Wendell Green over Kirk Risa. So anyways, uh, credit to Kirk. Now I'm a Kirk fan. I've been saying all year I'm not a Kirk Risa fan. Love the audacity to comment my DMs on that. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I actually, um, I actually agree with that take. I, I don't really trust Kirk Creasy either to lead this team. I think he's way too inconsistent. He's he's such a streaky shooter, um, and he just doesn't get to the hole at a high rate. And I feel like he's just he's too inconsistent to lead this team. Yeah, we're gonna have to find out where it goes. But I, uh, I at least like as a fan of someone who talks their shit and kind of tries to back it up. Like I love Kerr opening the door to like, hey, I saw you talking shit, and we're gonna see. Like I'm, I'm very in on that. Um, all right, let's go. Let, let's just jump into this bracket a little bit. We've got Arizona on the one line. We've got Colorado on the four line. UCLA the two seed. USC the three seed. A potential rematch of a game this weekend there. Those four teams have buys. And then, uh, as I think a lot of people know, the bottom of the Pac-12, pretty weak this year. You've got Oregon at the five line trying to play their way desperately back onto the bubble. Don't know that that's going to happen without winning this entire tournament at this point. But, uh, Ryan, give us give us a team that is not a top four seed that you could see making some sort of run in this tournament. Is there anybody to keep an eye on? I, th I think it's the team you just said, Oregon. I was really impressed when Arizona played them just a few weeks ago um, in Tucson. They got two great guards, Jacob Young and uh, Will Richardson. And I think with Dana Altman, is his experience, I, I think they can make a run to even, you know, maybe the Pac-12 
you know, you know, championship here. I mean, they would have to, they'd have to face Arizona potentially in that semifinals and you never know what could happen, you know, in March. Definitely. I think right now looking at it for me, uh, and this is a little bit personal for me, just because I randomly have an affection for the Washington state Cougars. I love Michael flowers. I love Roberts, the other guard they have. They got a big man who wears goggles, Deshaun Jackson, who I absolutely love watching play. And I see where they're at right now. And I think I had them, let's see, the seventh seed right here. So they match up with Cal in the first round. And then they're playing UCLA. And to me, the teams at the bottom of this conference tourney bracket, I feel like any, honestly, any team in that area, they could get to that semifinal or get to that final game. And then who knows in the Pac-12? I mean, last year we saw Oregon State was able to make a run, which actually went into the real tournament. They made a run there too. But I feel like any of these teams that are kind of at the bottom part of this bracket, I mean, shit, even a team like Washington has played a lot better as of late. So if those teams can get to the games where they're matching up with UCLA and USC, I think those are, you know, two very winnable games for those teams. Yeah, I could see that yeah. as well, Car. I like that call out. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, that's a good, that's another good sleeper team. I just think, I mean, they would have to play UCLA, who to me, I mean, has been Arizona's, you know, toughest test and could see them in the championship of this tournament, which I, I really want to see that matchup again. And I think UCLA is just, they've slipped up a lot this year, but when they're fully healthy and they're, they're hitting on all cylinders, they're one of the scariest teams, not only in the Pac-12, but in the country. I've had a theory all year that UCLA is just waiting to flip the switch. Like they're, they're a team that likes to play <laughs> lights. And I, I'm starting to doubt myself on that a little bit because I think they've had big games down the stretch that they still haven't flipped the switch for. They obviously beat USC last night, but um, yeah. yeah well, well, one positive for them is, is that Hame Hawkes has actually been playing extremely well these past couple of games. So they get him going and they get Juzang back going to, you know, healthy, first of all, those nagging ankle injuries that he has. But, like, I feel like Hawkes was the missing piece kind of in the early year. He's finally starting to get it going. So that's good for their outlook, I think, moving forward. You know, maybe he's turning on a switch that he's a you know, tournament player since March for Jaime Hawkes. Let me ask you guys this. From a, a betting perspective, Arizona's the favorite to win this conference at minus 120. UCLA is plus 160. It jumps all the way down to 10 to 1 odds for USC, the three seed, who I don't think is that far behind. UCLA, and I guess they are far behind Arizona. I don't think they're that far behind UCLA. Uh, Oregon, 15 to 1. Everybody else, really, really long shots. Washington State, 30 to 1. Uh, we obviously, we have a, a, a betting partner here, Dimers, dimers.com slash sleepers. You can get some deposit matches, some boosts, some free bets, et cetera. Uh, if I was going to go to dimers.com slash sleepers and sprinkle something here, Ryan, where would you direct me to putting my money here? You, I, I'm looking at USC 10 to one. That feels a little crazy. I, I, yeah, I, the odds are great. Don't get me wrong, but just watching them slip up so many times. I mean, they did play Arizona close um, for a little bit and then fall behind. I don't think they're on that level. And I mean, Arizona's, you know, path to that, you know, that championship game is not that hard. I mean, they would have to either play, you know, Oregon. Well, they got to play Arizona State or Colorado and then maybe Oregon. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think it's that tough, and I don't think they could beat them. And I just think UCLA is better than USC. I mean, I think to get UCLA actually at plus money, I mean, I think that's pretty much a steal of a pick because they've had Arizona's number. 
Cart, what do you think? Where would you go? Mm, you know, UCLA plus money does sound amazing, honestly. Like, I, you know I love UCLA. Their first team all vibes in the sleepers book. Like, this is what they do, too. Like, they, make, they know how to make this run. And for me, Arizona is not just the fact that it's not plus money. It's the fact that I don't think Arizona has really anything to gain from this. I mean – if Gonzaga slips up and they win the Pac-12 championship, maybe they could make a push for the number one overall seed. But I don't see Gonzaga slipping up. I think they're a one seed regardless of what they do, honestly, in this Pac-12 tournament. So uh, I think they could know, lose the one seed if they don't win this. You think? I, yeah, I really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if they if they lose, I mean, if they get losing the championship, I mean, it depends what other teams do. But I mean, you know, I, I don't know if they get that one seed because a lot of teams are over have been looking overlooking Arizona the whole season. So, yeah. Yeah. They've been the fielding the 68 bracketology show has had them as the fourth one seed lately. So like mm. they, they are in a spot where they need to keep winning, but I don't know if I was going to actually go up to UCLA at plus plus one sixty, I think I'd rather just bet on Arizona minus minus one twenty. Honestly, I think Arizona is a lot better than UCLA and basically pick them odds there. Um, I'd prefer that, but I, I do think there's value in USC. God forbid, if that team just got to the final, even if it was against Arizona and you have a 10 to one ticket, there's going to be some good hedge opportunities there. Um, all right, let's, let's get to predictions themselves. Now, Ryan, give us your, your expected final four for this tournament and then who makes the championship and who wins. Yeah. My final four is going to be Arizona versus Oregon and then UCLA versus USC um, you know, I don't think there's going to be many upsets here throughout the whole tournament. And then I think it's going to be Arizona versus UCLA for the third time in the championship game. Um, and on a neutral court is going to be a, a whole different experience because, you know, two rowdy environments at Pauley Pavilion, you know, at McCall Center. Um, I, I, I'm going to lean. I'm just going to lean Arizona just because they've been the hotter team. They've showed they could win on so many different in so many different ways not just by shooting, by defense, you know, scoring in the paint. And they go – they have a legit eight guys deep, you know. I think Arizona has one of the best benches in the country. You know, Umar Balo, Pella Larson, Justin Kyer, six-year player. They they just have it all, I think. Yeah, it seems like the safe bet. I uh, As down as I've been on Arizona all year, I think they run through this tournament is where my head is at now. And maybe that's just because Kirk Reese had DM'd me, but <laughs> – I'm in. Start, start <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not mad at that. I'm, I'm, I'm still side with UCLA. So I'm, I'm side with the same match as far as Ryan said in the championship game. But I'm, I'm going to go ahead and side with UCLA. I think it's just a thing. They, it's just one of those teams that has your number it is what it is. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, Ryan, thank you very much for doing this. We appreciate you again. Please, everybody, go check out the Arizona podcast that Ryan produces on the field of 68. And uh, looking forward to watching this tournament, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Appreciate you, Ryan. All right. Next, we move to the Big East, where we bring in, I think, everyone's favorite college basketball analyst, John Fanta. Uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know this man, a pleasure working with him with the Field of 68 this year. And nobody better to analyze the Big East than Fanta himself. Fanta, we got to start with the number one overall seed in this tournament. That's Providence, a team that there's a running record of when you are in the building, this team seems to have a lot of success. You're going to be at this tournament, I assume. <laughs> Does that mean Providence is going to run through this, this tournament? Well, they certainly could, Dragon Carter, and here's why. Because if you look at their draw, 
they really are a beneficiary as a one seed. And you can't always say that about a conference tournament. Things could shake out differently. But they are going to play the winner of Xavier and Butler. Now, Xavier's been so inconsistent that you can't trust them the way you once did. All right, so let's say they move past that as expected. Then you get a Creighton team that's lost Ryan Nemhard for the year and just is not the same. When you lose your point guard this late in the year, and it's a freshman, that shows you your where your point guard depth was. Marquette is the other team. They've kind of been a mystery here over the last three, four weeks. Okay, so now if you look at where Providence would be, that's the championship game. They could have a cruise to the title game. And the reason why this is all lining up for them, again, they've, look, they've, people call them fortunate, lucky. But there's no question they've been on the right end of fortune. They've also won 24 of their 28 games. We will give them their credit for that. But the other side of the bracket is two-seeded Villanova, three-seeded UConn, and then the six-seed Seton Hall, who's playing, Hall, who's playing better than the four and five. Yep. So that's the thing. Providence benefits off the bracket. They could win this tournament by, solely by the other side of the bracket literally being an, a war uh, at the Garden. Yeah, I think that's what makes it the most interesting for me because we just got done actually talking about the Pac-12 and the ACC, and we're looking at these seeds that are playing on the first day. I mean, Seton Hall, one of my one of my favorite teams in the Big East. I still think you know that team, fully healthy, playing at their best, is a team that could make a run in the March tournament. So they could definitely make a run here in the Big East. So outside of those top four teams, Fanta. Who would you say is a team that's most dangerous that could, you know, make that run to make it to the final and possibly win the Big East? Outside the top four seeded teams? Yes. Well, Seton Hall's the six, so I would sit here and say them because I think that they could pull off a win over Villanova or Connecticut. The Pirates have won eight of their last ten games. They defend really well. They're a 20-9 team now, and they're a team to me that knows who they are And that's a team with length that protects the rim and that has enough, I wouldn't say shot makers, but enough guys that could pull up off the dribble from 15 to 17 feet. Seton Hall is like a UCLA light. Light. Because, and and it's funny, because guess who Kevin Willard's best friend is in the coaching profession? No way. Yeah, they're best of friends. They're best of friends. You got the same haircut. They have the same haircut, and they both worked for Rick Pitino. So there's a lot of similarities. Like the way Seton Hall plays, they're not a team that you say they're going to torch the Nets from three. No, Jared Roden will beat you off the bounce from 15 feet. Miles Kale can do the same. Yeah. The, the key thing with them is Kadari Richmond. He, he twisted his thumb in the win over Creighton on Saturday. He exited that game early. They won that game with their fourth-string point guard, Jameer Harris. It's kind of amazing. They will, uh, they'll be a team that if Richmond's healthy, they're top 10 in average height in college basketball. So they protect the rim. The Kempom likes them defensively. They've hovered around top 25, 30 in that category all throughout the season. If they get enough offense, they could be the big East champions this week. They, they could, they're, they're really, they could be a good Jerome pick, if you will, uh, in this tournament, because they are a six seed. There's real value. Yeah. I, uh, I thought it said a lot about who Seton Hall is last night. They went down very big early yes. without Kadari Richmond, without Bryce Aiken. They easily could have hung it up on Creighton senior night. 
And instead, I mean, they battled back, took a lead before halftime after being down, I think, 13, 14 points early. Uh, they're just – they're not going to go away. And I've, I've said all year, I'm going to trust Seton Hall too much in March. Like, I can already tell you, I'm going to pick this team to, like, Elite Eight, if not Final Four, depending on the draw. I just love the way they play basketball. So, I, I like the pick. I wish Seton Hall – I don't Hall know if you should do that. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're going to find out. I – so I wish for this Big East tournament, I wish they were on the opposite side of the draw yeah. because I'm just – I it's tough for me to see them, okay, beat UConn, then beat Villanova, then beat Providence and or whoever comes out of that. It's just a gauntlet of a, a four days for Seton Hall. But, um, you know, I, I may sprinkle on them because I love watching Seton Hall play. Fanta, give us a player. If there's one guy in this tournament who could have a, a Kemba Walker-esque throw the team on their back – and run through this Big East tournament, who would that player be? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> what a good question. I'm going bold. Ooh. Bold. I love it. Julian Champagny. Wow. Ooh. From St. John's. Like From St. John's. You're a New York City kid. You are a bucket. He is. He's. We know he's a bucket. If St. John's, I think that they'll get past DePaul, who's actually played well the last couple of weeks. Like we joke about DePaul sometimes, but they've actually played pretty well. Uh, I, I think if they beat DePaul, they're going to face Villanova. Now, St. John's last year gave Villanova some matchup nightmares. When they were engaged and when they, they pressed Gillespie, they, they got him into some problems. They really did. Can St. John's get the garden on their side Thursday night and pull off a shocker? It's not out of the question. And if Champagny gets going, watch out. He is a bucket getter. So he could be that Kemba-like figure. Here's the thing. I want to go bold because you got to go bold this week. But I will tell you this. In Of the top teams, who could be that guy? I'll do shades of UConn, and I'll say R.J. Cole because he is big time. He's yeah. big time. And he's an all big East first teamer. That's a well-earned recognition for him that just came out in the last half hour. So I would go with Cole being the chalk answer, but keep an eye on Champagne. Cause if St. John's is good, if we're going to get an upset, like we all thought St. John's would be a pretty good team. They have been underwhelming. They've not been good, but having him, when you have a star like him and if Tosh Alexander's going, and if Tariq Coburn and Montez Mathis do enough, St. John's is a team that could beat anybody in this conference. They just haven't shown it. I would have loved them if they were in an 8-9 game against Providence the next night. But they're not. But watch out for the Red Storm. You never know. They could be in a game with Villanova, and Champagny is the reason why. I like that pick, fan. I love that St. John's team. Anderson, that team just – I mean, like you said, they haven't put it together necessarily at at any point this year, maybe for like some halves or like a little bit of a stretch run, but they never really fully put it together. But I mean, shit, what better time? (laughs) This is the last chance you got to put it together. So why not put it together for the last four days? I like that. Champagne's an absolute bucket in every sense of the word bucket. (laughs) Absolutely is. Fanta, I don't know if it's just working with you or what, but I think you've swayed me into such a Big East fan. Like, this is by far the conference <laughs> tournament I'm most excited for. I think there's, like, eight teams I can see winning this thing without just feeling like I'm in an alternate reality. Like, yeah. Villanova's very good. Providence has a horseshoe somewhere they shouldn't have a horseshoe. 
Uh, like we love Seton Hall. We love UConn, but like I, even the teams in the six through 10 range, like St. John's, like you said, Xavier, I know they've been really down, but like when Xavier plays well, they're a really tough team. Marquette was so good earlier in the season. It wouldn't shock me for them to get hot pun, no pun intended with shock there. But I, I just like, I, we're going to be at the big 10 tournament this week. And I guarantee you, I'm going to be like checking scores on my phone from the Big East tournament the whole time. Yeah. And, and you know, look, um, I got my start with the Big East Network and now do the games for Fox Sports, uh, a, a fair amount of conference games. So it's where I've cut my teeth. That being said, uh, I, I do think that there is something to be said about this league not being on ESPN. And I'm a huge fan. I'm not trying to ruffle feathers at all. Like, I, I'm not coming on here ripping ESPN. That's not what I'm here to do. But there's something to be said about that. And I think that when you look at the Big East Conference and if you watch the games, you will quickly realize that, okay, we could discuss all day until the sun comes up, whether it's a top three or a top four conference. This year it's been a top three, if not definitely top four league in America. So, okay, it's got to place the big boy table. But I would venture to say that beyond just the quality, I don't, I don't think – there's a final four team in this league in this particular year myself. It could happen. Anything could happen. I do think it is one or two in entertainment value. The games are really good because the league has this quality to it that's sort of different. And um, I, I just think it's fun. I think it's a league that can throw some curveballs. And I really do think from top to bottom, with the exception of this year, Georgetown, that all the 10 of the 11 teams walk into the garden this week, believing that they could actually win it. And in these conference tournaments, guys, you don't get that. You don't. Right. hundred percent. No, I'm with you. That's what I I feel like the one word I could use to describe every big East game I watched this year. It's a battle. Like it doesn't matter who it is. It's a battle. And like that, that's, that's great. Just watching, watching dudes compete hard. Like that's, that's the greatness of basketball. And the garden will be off. The wall <laughs> loud off with you come back. Yeah. Oh boy. Watch out. Here we go. Yeah. Shameless plug. We'll be doing some field of 68 shows from the garden live. John Fanta will be there holding it down for the field of 68. So tune in for all of those next week. Uh, Fanta, we have to leave you with this. We're putting you on the spot. Give us your, your semifinals predictions and then give us the, the championship matchup and who wins. Semifinals, Providence and Marquette, as well as Villanova, UConn. Final, Providence, UConn. Woo! Do it. Is he doing? Are you doing it, Fanta? <laughs> Providence wins the Big East Championship. Wow. I thought you were going. Wow. Cut. I, oh. I like it, though. I like it. Hey, as, as a, an unashamed Providence bandwagon fan, I pray that happens. I need the Friars to win this tournament. I am all in on it. Oh, my goodness. There it is. Fanta, thank you so much for making time. We appreciate you. Have fun next week at the Garden. I'm sure you will. And I look forward to watching everything you're doing through March, man. Love the sleepers. Thanks, guys. I'll see you soon. All right. Next, we move to the SEC, where we've got our SEC expert, Matthew Travis. Uh, Alabama 
student or just fan? Student? Yeah, I'm a senior. I'm a senior here at Alabama. Hell yeah, he was. Uh, he was at the national championship. I got to meet him with the the field of twelve on site covering that. So I can tell you right now, this man is a big Alabama fan. He backs it up. It's not all talk. Uh, he also produces the Glue Guys, the Kansas podcast on the field of 68. So make sure you check out that as well. We're actually going to do our, our Big 12 preview with Landon Lucas. Who there you go. Works directly with Matthew Travis. A lot I, believe, of I believe he was at the Kansas game yesterday as well, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. So good time to talk to him then. Uh, hopefully we can record with him tonight and you'll hear that later in this episode. But right now we're going to talk SEC, which for my money has been the best conference in college basketball. I know a lot of people are saying the Big 12 has been better. I disagree wholeheartedly with that statement. I think there's more national champion contenders in this conference. Uh, I, I said it on the Field of 68 After Dark the other night. Give me all the two seeds, which includes Auburn and Kentucky, over teams like Arizona uh, and a couple other teams on the one line come March. So I'm pretty excited for this tournament. We've got Auburn as the one seed. We've got Arkansas as the four, Tennessee as the two Kentucky as the three and potentially a Kentucky Alabama three versus six matchup. If Alabama can win their first game, uh, let's just throw it to you first, Matthew. What was your initial impression off a of first look at the way this bracket shook out? Well, I mean, I was a little upset to begin with because being an Alabama student, I wanted a decent road maybe to the championship. I definitely didn't want to play Kentucky because that's one of the teams we've struggled with. I was there at Rupp couple weeks ago when we were up 13 with three minutes and 30 seconds to go in the first half and then we end up down one at halftime and end up losing by way more than we should have we probably should have won that game but um if if Alabama manages to beat LSU yesterday and then also Texas A&M earlier in this week we could be talking about having to play either Tennessee or Arkansas to get into the semifinals and that's a much easier path for Alabama because those are two teams Alabama has already beaten this year. Um, but now Alabama will have to go through Kentucky, which obviously with Oscar Sheboy is no, no easy task. And Alabama has struggled with that this year. Yeah. Gee, I think that when I was looking at this bracket, you know, just off first initial glance, I'm looking at these top four C's and I think if I had to rank like the top four C's that are playing the best, I think the number one seed in the SEC tournament, Auburn, would be the team that's not playing the like the worst basketball right now out of those top four seeds. I mean, Arkansas has been on a run that we haven't, you know, they've been the one of the hottest teams in the country. Of course, they they weren't able to pull it out last game against LSU, but I mean, they playing some of the best basketball in the country. Tennessee also playing great basketball as well. So you know, you're having these these teams that are playing extremely well. And Matthew, you mentioned Alabama kind of being that team that could possibly make a run because I know Alabama has been a team for me this year that at, despite them maybe not playing their best basketball at times, when you have a backcourt and guard play like they have, I feel like you have the ability to make a run in March. So would you say outside of the top four seeds in this conference tournament, would Alabama be the team that you think could make that run and possibly win this whole SEC tournament? Well, here's the thing. Alabama can either win the whole SEC tournament or they can win <laughs> their first game, whether it be to Vanderbilt or Georgia. They beat Vanderbilt last week by two points. I think Scottie Pippen finished with like 26 or 28 in that game. We had no answer for him. But we also lost to Georgia, where their only SEC win the season. So, But I, I think that would be fair. I think LSU is probably going to struggle with 
Auburn. I believe they would play. No, they would play Arkansas, right? Yeah, they would play yeah. Arkansas. And I think that's a game LSU might struggle with. Arkansas has looked really good. And it, J.D. Note is very difficult to stop. And I, I don't think LSU would be able to get that done again. Um, so I, outside of those top four, which are – which probably – realistically that'll probably be the semifinals all four of them with Auburn, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Tennessee. But I, I, I would probably say Alabama has the best shot to cut down the nets in Tampa Bay outside of those top four. I want to throw a, a weird one out there that I just have a gut feeling on. I think LSU is going to get Arkansas in the five, four game. Um, I saw, I think it was Cooper Watson, one of our colleagues who uh, tweeted out basically like the, the national narrative on LSU has gone down quite a bit over the last month and a half, rightfully so with some of their performances. But like, if you isolate the games where Xavier Pinson's been healthy, they've actually been pretty damn good. Like they were a top 10 team in the season early on and rightfully so. And I don't think like their record kind of hides that because of some of the injury concerns, obviously they, uh, you know, they, they survived barely against Alabama in a back and forth game with uh, some questionable decisions in place down the stretch from both sides. But I think LSU's really good. Tari Easton's a monster. And uh, I kind of feel a little run coming from them in this tournament, potentially. Uh, Matthew, give me a, a, a player. If there was one guy who was going to go Kemba Walker mode, put his team on his back for four straight games and win this thing, who do you think that player would be? For Alabama or just in the SEC tournament? In the SEC as a whole. I mean, it, it'd be hard to say anybody other than Jabari Smith at this time. At this point, he's been that guy all season. Obviously, Oscar Shibwe has, has been the best player maybe in the country. He should probably win player of the year. But Jabari Smith has been incredible for Auburn. He's the reason they've been as good as they have been. And I could definitely see him – being really, really good in the, again in the SEC tournament and helping them win the SEC tournament. But I, I, you, you have LSU beating Arkansas, but I think Arkansas wins that game. And I think they also beat Auburn and get to the SEC championship wow. where I, I think Kentucky wins the SEC championship. I think they're the best all around team when Ty Ty is playing well and Oscar Shibwe is doing what he does night in and night out. But I'd probably say Jabari Smith just because he's so talented and there's a reason he's going to go top two in the NBA draft uh, come June. Card, I want to hear your answer on that too, by the way. I feel like you you might have a different answer potentially. Maybe, maybe not. No, I, I mean, I it, for me, it'd be kind of like JD Note because I think he's just like the most explosive guard in the SEC. Like he, he could easily go for 30 every single night, but at the same time, he's the four seed. So, you know, if I had to pick like a guard to make a Kemba type run, I'd pick like, you know, a, a Jaden Shackelford from Bama or like a Jelly JQ type thing, or even even more of a long shot. Uh, I think Mississippi State needs to win a couple games in this tournament. And I think that Iverson Molinar is one of the be better guards in the SEC. Uh, I don't know if he can have like the same type of scoring type Kemba run, but I think he can have that type of impact. Um, and they could possibly win a couple games and maybe get them because they're on the outside, outside, outside looking in right now. They got to win a couple games in here to get in. So I think they have the ability. Their team has talent. Um, so I, I like that Mississippi State team kind of to make a run. Beat Auburn. They almost beat Auburn this week. They probably should have, but 
Yeah, right. And I mean, and, and they would and they could possibly match up with Tennessee in the next game and like Tennessee away from home. Who knows what that team's going to do? There's a so. lot of teams who look a little different in this conference at home to me versus on the road. So I'm kind of yeah, I, I think that's why I'm excited for this tournament is like we get to see who these teams truly are on a neutral. And it wouldn't shock right. me if there's a bunch of teams that either. Yeah, are also, also, it can't it can't be Jabari Smith, I don't think, because. Wendell Green's not going to let Jabari Smith make oh, that run. So <laughs> Wendell, Wendell Green wants to have the Kemba run, so he's not going to let Jabari have the Kemba run. Uh, Wendell, saying, Wendell Green might have the Kemba run. I'll say that. It could, he definitely could, it could really be any player for Auburn, honestly. they It's unfortunate they're as good as they are, giving my uh, personal opinions on Auburn. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, they, they're a really good team, and – could definitely make a deep run, not only in the SEC tournament, but also in the NCAA tournament when that begins in two weeks now, which is crazy to think about. All right, betting perspective here. Uh, this is one of the only conferences that doesn't have a favorite from a betting perspective to win the tournament that's, you know, a, a minus 120 favorite or, you know, a pick them style. You've got Kentucky as the favorite, but they're plus 190. You've got Auburn which surprised me that I, I guess Auburn's been playing worse lately, but I was surprised Auburn's odds were uh, significantly different than Kentucky's Auburn's plus two sixty, Tennessee, just over three to one, Arkansas, seven and a half to one LSU, 10 to one Alabama, 15 to one. And then on down there, long shot, long shots with Florida at 40 to one Mississippi state at 75 to one. Uh, let's go around the horn. Who would you sprinkle on from a betting value perspective here, Matthew, let's go to you first. I would definitely I would, I would put my money on Kentucky. If you're getting Kentucky to win an SEC tournament, they just have to win what three games. Mm-hmm. I, I, that you, you probably anytime you can bet money to, for Kentucky to win only three games and you're getting plus odds. I think that's probably a pretty safe bet with Oscar Sheboy and Ty Ty Washington now playing and healthy. And if Grady can have a game or, two games or three games like he did against Alabama at Rupp arena two weeks ago, they're going to be an impossible team to beat. And I, I, I think Kentucky is going to win the sec tournament. So give me Kentucky for that card. Who you got? Okay. So I got two picks here. One is my side where I'm a losing better and I cannot help, but just sprinkle on a super long shot. So I'm definitely going to sprinkle some, on not not Bama. I'm sorry, Matthew. I cannot do it. But I'm gonna sprinkle some on LSU and Florida in this. I like tournament. I like both. I like Florida. Too. I, I like I, Florida. Dude, Colin Castleton just has has a hold over me that I can't get rid of, and I think he can make a run. I'm sorry, I can't call it. But if but for my main, you know, just throwing that big chunk of money, like I think Auburn still like they they did win the regular season. They're still a super talented team, talent wise. I think they're one of the best teams of the country. Kessler, Jabari, I mean, even Katie Johnson, his crazy ass, he's a monster as well. I mean, I, I think getting Auburn at that plus value is really, really good. So I think I'm going to go with Auburn. The value here for me is with Auburn and with Arkansas. Auburn at plus 260, significantly higher than Kentucky surprises me. I think Arkansas 7-1 to one when Tennessee is only 3-1 to one, feels a little off. Um, but I, the problem is neither one of those teams are the teams I want to bet on. So I probably will. I'm going to sprinkle Florida with cart because I really like Castleton and Appleby. It wouldn't shock me. I believe they already beat Auburn this season. Can they get through Auburn Mm -hmm. and then, you know, find themselves in the semi and see what happens? Who knows? 
Uh, and yeah, I think Kentucky, you know, plus money. I like your point there. I, I should probably put some money on Kentucky because I do think they're the class of this conference. So Matthew, we got to put you on the spot to end this. Give us your semifinal predictions, the final four teams that will remain in this tournament and then who advances to the final and ultimately who wins the SEC tournament. I, I think anybody who picks against the top four being Auburn, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Tennessee might be a little crazy um lsu can definitely beat arkansas i don't see alabama beating kentucky so i'll go the top four and then i think like i said i think arkansas might be able to upset auburn again they did it just about a month ago so i'm gonna go in the finals kentucky over arkansas and kentucky is cutting down the nets in tampa i want to say this if arkansas actually makes the final and God forbid if they won the SEC tournament, we would get oh to see God. Eric Their Musselman. Their are already brutal. <laughs> we would see Eric Musselman possibly strip fully naked and run around I mean, the Congo. He took off his shirt when they beat Auburn the first time. So uh, this is the natural next step, I guess. <laughs> I like how all these conferences have different flavors, man. Like we just talked to John Fanta from Big East and like, there's just this little charming underdoggy nature to this conference. And then the SEC's just got a bunch of coaches running around naked doing dumb shit. Like you, you, you have Eric Musselman, who is the weirdest coach in college basketball. You have Will Wade, who's the easiest to hate. You have Nate Oates, who is interesting. And then you obviously have Cal and everyone else, but we'll see. Um, hopefully Alabama can make a run, but didn't look good in that first game. And that second game, they let slip away from him. So the SEC tournament will be fun. Unfortunately, I won't be there because it's in Tampa this year rather than Nashville, where it usually is. Matthew, I need a response from you to this. If, if I were to tell you that the most redeeming quality about Nate Oates is that he wears colorful suits, what would you say to that? Well, he is one of the only coaches in the country that wears suits, so that's a fair point. But I don't know. You just got to watch more Alabama basketball and be on the our side. I mean – how, how many coaches are going to willingly get thrown out of the game because the refs are we, – we've had a lot of problems with the refs, and NATO's had enough of it, and he got thrown out. Of, that was the – was it the Mississippi State game? Yeah, it was the Mississippi State game. So, NATO's is a really cool guy. I, lo I love that he, what he's done in his time here. As a Duke fan also, I don't love that he attacked Coach K last year, but it is what it is, so <laughs> – Oh wait, you're a Duke fan too. So I'm so I'm originally from New York. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. When I was five, I went to a Duke St. John's game at Madison Square Garden. I thought the Blue Devil was a cooler mascot than Johnny the Red Thunderbird. And I've been a Duke fan my whole life. And going to Alabama, that has been fun because I'm labeled an Alabama football fan and a Duke basketball fan, which it couldn't couldn't be further from the truth. By the way, I was at the ACC tournament when Duke won in baseball last year. So, but yes, I am also a Duke fan. Okay. And I'm going to give you my SEC tournament picks, but I have to, ask, we got to ask about last night and, and the, go, and the go away. We need to ask about it. Uh, I, what emotions were going through? Well, put me in, put me in your shoes. Like you like, so like I said, I've been a Duke fan since I was five years old. I've been fortunate enough to cover a couple of games at Cameron indoor and ever the, since the day I became a Duke fan, I've been fearing yesterday. I've been fearing when he walked off the court from the last time, but I knew it was going to end in the win, and somehow it just didn't. And I, I thought we were going to win by 30. We were up by nine in the first half, and I thought that's just going to was going to be how the game went, but it didn't. And I, I just still can't believe that 
Duke lost that game. I think that was the most pressure ever put on a Duke team more than a national championship game, which is crazy to say, but it's coach K's last game. You have to go out on a win and they didn't. And I think the moment was a little too big for them because while in the building, that might not have been what they were talking about being the ceremony and everything that was going down, but outside of, Outside of the building, that was all anybody was talking about. You would have forgotten Duke was playing UNC because it was just titled Coach K's last game. And I think it got a little to their heads and we saw what happened. But hopefully that's the last loss Duke has. I just hope to God Duke and Alabama don't play because I don't want to have to make that decision. Everyone here, especially the last year, has been asking me who I would root for. And I, I honestly just don't know. So I just hope they don't play. But we'll see. Well, Matthew, you're talking to the leader of the complicated fandom club. Yeah. So welcome to the club officially. Yeah. <laughs> I've been hoping Michigan and Michigan State play in the NCAA tournament. That's like my dream. I don't know what would happen. I think I'd spontaneously combust if that happens. But uh, So Duke, Duke and Alabama played in football a couple of years ago, which was a little easier of a decision because obviously Duke football isn't good. So that would have ruined – Alabama's chances to winning a national championship that year a lot more than Duke's because Duke football but um, I wore an Alabama jersey and Duke shoes so I'm not sure what would happen if Duke and Alabama played this year I just hope they're not in the same region so if it does happen it would be in the final four in one way or the other I'm happy but also pissed off at the same time so we'll see. <laughs> it's a tough we'll life see. to live we'll yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. Right. Everybody check out the Glue Guys pod. Cart, do you want to – you seem like you really want to give your picks here. Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> I just want to say that Auburn's winning it at all. I just want to throw that it, out there. The title or the I, FCC tournament? The SEC. The SEC tournament. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. I, I can deal with that. Alabama got it last year, but if they win the NCAA, they're going to be insufferable. But if any SEC team wins it, imagine <laughs> if Arkansas wins the title this year. Oh, my God. Arc, uh, so I, I made a tweet about Arkansas baseball last year, and somehow the Arkansas Athletics official Twitter page subtweeted me. So if if they win, it's going to be brutal. Their fans are their fans and Georgia fans are the worst. But outside looking in, Alabama is probably pretty bad too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know where I'm, I thought I loved the SEC before this conversation. The more we talk about it now, I think I hate every team in the SEC. <laughs> So I, I don't know what to do with this. Uh, well, thank you, Matthew. Again, always fun. Uh, check out the Glue Guys podcast that Matthew does a great job producing over on the field of 68. We appreciate you. I'm sure when an SEC team does win it all, we'll probably bring you back on the show. Yeah, talk to me when Alabama wins the SEC. So thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. See appreciate you, Matthew. You, Matthew. All right, next up, we're going to move to the Big 12. And we've got Landon Lucas, former Kansas Jayhawk, and the host of the Glue Guys podcast, the aforementioned Glue Guys podcast. We actually had your producer, Matthew. He came on to oh, do the, uh, the SEC one. So we're, we're giving you guys a lot of pub, but one of my favorites in the field of 68 Network. So make sure you guys listen to that. Landon, thanks for making time, man. I know you were golfing earlier today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. 
Hundred percent. So at, we were talking before. At, uh, at, at, hold on, though. No, you got to, G. You got to point out, though. As you can see, my man Landon is happy, which means that he shot it well. You got it well. You got that. You got that glow right now. That I, just, <laughs> you know, I was good today. Because if I if I had a bad golf round, I would be just you know, I wouldn't be all giddy and be excited to be on an episode. Exactly. So I well, I, I finished. I finished strong enough that I hit some shots that made me you know want to come back. So that's all that matters. Amen to that. Uh, yeah, you're talking to two pretty poor golfers on the call. So uh, <laughs> we don't know what that feels like. But anyways, uh, previewing the, this tournament. So uh, the Big 12, a lot of people have said is the strongest conference in the country this year. A lot of teams that can potentially make a big run in March. Final four potential. Kansas gets the one seed. Baylor, the two seed. Texas Tech, the three seed. And Texas, the four seed. I want to ask you this. I assume you've watched a good good amount of at least Kansas games this year. and You've seen all the opponents. Of those four teams, that group of four, who do you think should be the most on upset alert heading into this conference tournament? On upset alert, you know, um, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Texas and only because, you know, they, they're, they've been pretty good um, defensively. Um, but you know, going into this tournament, they're they're gonna get a tough matchup first round. Um, I, I have faith in in you know the other the Baylor and Kansas to handle uh their their matchups and Texas Tech, you know, I think that they're an underrated team to actually make some noise in this in this tournament. So uh, I'm gonna go with Texas as the one that I would put on, you know, a little bit of a upset alert, um, especially with you know coming off of a really tough fought game uh in overtime against Kansas. Yeah, I, def I definitely think that the Texas, just that Matt, TCU's been playing some really good basketball lately mm -hmm. uh, in wins and even in losses, honestly. I think they've really shown some things. And as far as, like, players and guards that can make plays in March, like Mike Miles is a player that can be that guy and could have a, a really good run in this, you know, the, in the Big 12 tournament. And look, like, for all the good things that have been said about Texas, yeah, they've had some good games as of late, but they still have not really put it together as a team as of yet. And, you know, we're – shit, we're at the Big 12 tournament right now, and we still have a team that hasn't put it together yet. That's not really a recipe for, net, for you know, actual success. Uh, so I could easily see TCU winning that game. And even looking at kind of the start of the bracket, like Kansas as the one seed, of course, has that bye to start. But Kansas State's been playing extremely well towards the end of the year. They have some good guards on their team as well. So – I think this bracket really fits the kind of, you know, the narrative that the Big 12 is like one of the best conferences in college basketball. I'm definitely intrigued to see kind of what it's going to be like. But, you know, in the back of my head, I definitely want to see a Kansas-Baylor rematch. I feel like that's what everybody yeah. wants to see. That, that would be fun. And, and the team you mentioned, like Kansas State, you know, there's going to be some teams that are fighting for tournament spots, you know, and, and a team like that, they're going to need some, you know, resume builders and here's their chance. And so you can never count out a team that where really their backs, you know, up against the wall when it comes to making the tournament. Um, and, and those are hard outs in, in a tournament like this. So how important do you think getting the one seed is for Kansas's chances in this tournament? Because I'm looking just at the, the bracket, the draw here, Baylor with the two, uh, you know, these two teams are, are pretty on par with each other. I would say from what I've seen, they're, they're betting equals. If you go to bet, who's going to win this tournament, Baylor and Kansas have the same odds at two to one. Uh, but Baylor catches a pretty desperate Oklahoma team. There's been people who have doubted Porter Moser teams in the past. It's not normally a smart thing to do in March. And then if they get through Oklahoma, they are going to likely have to face either Texas Tech or an Iowa State team who really just 
came all the way back down from like 30 points down to Baylor over the weekend and made Mm -hmm. that a very interesting game. Uh, To me, that side of the bracket seems a lot more clogged up than Kansas's. Obviously, Texas is a potential matchup in the semifinal, but, uh, you know, they're going to get the benefit of playing either Kansas State or West Virginia off of uh, the the first bye that they have. And I'm not overly worried about Texas if I'm Kansas. I know they just played a tight game, but I'd much rather face Texas than I would Baylor or Texas Tech. Uh, what do you what do you make of that? Am I wrong in that? Uh, you know, I'll tell you this much. So Texas has a secret weapon, which is a former coach uh, at Kansas who I played uh, for, uh, Jarens Howard. And they've done a tr- tremendous job defensively against Kansas in shutting down Ochai, which, you know, uh, I believe is the national player of the year. And uh, in the two games against Texas, they've completely, um, you know, face guarded him, taken him out of the game. So that's a really tough game. And then, you know, it may be TCU and TCU, um, you know, just a few games ago, completely out hustled, um, got all every loose ball, just played harder than Kansas. And, you know, you never know on a somewhat neutral court if that's possible again. So, I mean, it's there's going to be some tough games no matter what side of the of the bracket you're on. With these quick turnarounds too, you don't get a lot of prep for each game, so it's just going to come down to, um, you know, if they can execute well and handle their business. I think getting that by is helpful, um, so you get a little bit more rest and time to prepare. But um, I think that that's that's really the only benefit to you know ha- having that up there. Definitely. So, I mean, you mentioned the players like Ochai, who, I mean, is one of the best players in the Big 12 Conference and in the country as a whole. Um, and there's also, also you know, great guard play for Baylor in this conference, other teams such as that. Are there any other players in, like, kind of the Big 12 that you could see having, like, a, a Kemba Walker, like, kind of tournament-esque run? I mean, I mentioned Mike Miles is a good player. Is there any other players that kind of stick out to you on any of these other teams? Um. You know, I would say um, probably the, the the point guard from, I want to say, um, is it Baylor, the point guard? I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like there's, there's a few guys. I mean, in, in the tournament, uh, it's really going to be uh, more than likely a scorer that gets hot and then you have less time to you, the game plan for him. He, you know, can make some difference. I remember playing and we had um, Devonte Graham uh, in the big 12 tournament, my junior year. Uh, once you kind of just catch fire and get hot, you can, you know, uh, you, you can really go on a run in a tournament like this because it's, you know, su- such quick turnaround teams don't have a ton of time to prepare. And then also you stay in a rhythm um and and you can you know keep going so I, w- I would guess maybe somebody who's more on the scoring side um but we'll see you know when the when the games come around so I gotta ask you this how does Bill Self approach the conference tournament obviously you guys have had great success mm-hmm. as a program a bunch of championships a bunch of regular season championships as well does he treat this like it's a really really big deal and something the the school takes pride in trying to win uh, well, I'll say during my time there, uh, when we were on the uh, win streak of Big 12 uh, championships, the regular season, that was the emphasis, you know, and that was what we were breaking huddles talking about. We wanted to keep that streak alive. And then, you know, once March comes around, it was, okay, 
we're thinking March Madness. Um, so, you know, I can see it working both ways. You can, uh, I, I think more than anything, he wants it so that you have a rhythm going into the most important thing, which is, you know, uh, the, the March Madness and, uh, you know, making a final four. And so more than anything, it's rhythm. But I've, I've also been a part of teams where you, you know, bounce out early in the Big 12 and you have more time to rest. Um, around this time, you know, you're, you're dealing with a lot of little nagging injuries here and there. All of a sudden now you you're not playing a grueling back to back to back type schedule against some really good Big 12 teams. And you know how physical that, that conference is. And so it can be looked at both ways. But really, you know, I, I'm sure he's going to see how this goes and and either uh, preface it to the team, you know, after a loss that, okay, it's good, we have more time, or, you know, after some wins, okay, let's keep this rhythm going into um, what really matters, which is uh, the March Madness tournament. Carl, I want to look at the betting odds with you real quick. Uh, I said Kansas and Baylor, the favorites, both two to one. You've got Texas Tech at just over three to one. Texas at five and a half to one, and then everybody else is a super long shot. Iowa State, 50 to one, Oklahoma, 40 to one. Uh, what would you sprinkle cart? You know, you and I are betting men. What would you, what would you throw on here? You know, I'm, I got to sprinkle Texas tech. I feel like, cause that's just, that seems like good odds. Just, you said it's three to one. Yeah. Three it's plus three forty. Yeah. So I got to sprinkle on that. And because I'm an absolute degenerate and a madman as well, I'm sprinkling on TCU just because Mike I, Miles I, and they got Eddie Lampkin yeah. holding down for the big fellas. So I'll give you one thing. And, and this is based off of history. One team that travels really, really well to the Big 12 and they always had almost more fans than us, which was surprising. Iowa State. And, and I don't know how much is kept up. And it's been, you know, three Big 12 tournaments since I've been there last but I'm telling you, they travel so well and they take pride in that. The play When I would talk to the players who used to play there four or five years ago, um, they went into that tournament. That was their, you know, the, the, the highlight of their season was going out there and trying to win that thing. So I, if it's anything like it is, if you said 50 to one, it yeah. may be worth a little, a little sprinkle on them just to see if, you know, they can, they can come out with a, a few upsets and, and uh, have the, the crowd there be on their side. Yeah, I'm with Landon. That's where my sprinkle plan here is. And Isaiah Brockington, when we talk about guys who can go Kemba mode, I think it, over the last month, he's averaging like 26 a game on pretty crazy percentages. I don't know how that dropped after uh, the really low scoring first half for them yesterday, but he could take over. He definitely could. And that's a desperate team with a big fan base, like you said. So surprised to see them with uh, only the seventh best odds in that conference. I think they're like the fifth best team when they play well. So uh, I'm looking forward to watching this tournament. Landon, thank you so much for making time for us, man. We really appreciate you. And uh, have fun on that golf course whenever you get back. Wait, out hold, wait, hold on. Hold on, G. We can't. We also can't let Landon off the hook that easy. We need the official pick. Who you think is winning the Big 12 tournament? You're right. You're right. Oh, the official pick. I mean, I'm not picking anyone but Kansas. You gotta, you gotta. Okay, know I, I, they, we need it. We need they it on could record. be having the worst. They could have half the team out with COVID. I'm still picking them to win. But, um, okay. but you know, I, I will, I will say that um, there are some really tough uh, teams, and and one that I just like, just in general, after watching, you know, Big Twelve schedule is that Texas Tech team. Uh, I think they have a ton of potential. Um, and if there's a team that's going to, you know, go through this grueling schedule and play well, uh, I think it's four games for them. It would be it would be them. So. Awesome. Well, thank you for the on record pick there. Again, that's Landon yeah. Lucas from the Glue, Glue Guys podcast with the field of 68. Uh, we appreciate you, Landon. Thanks for having me on. 
All right, we saved the best for last. It's the Big Ten tournament. Uh, of course, we saved it for last because the Big Ten itself has to make everything suspenseful and drag it out way later than it should. Just like the championship game is like in the evening on Sunday, right before Selection Sunday. They're the only league playing like seven night games on Sunday night before conference tournament week. Very annoying. But we had some drama. Wisconsin loses to Nebraska which some are saying is sleepers curse induced again, because we were trying to get Brad Davison to celebrate his big 10 tournament with us or his big 10 championship with us. And then Illinois finally gets over the hump and hangs a banner. Illinois is now the one seed. I'm bummed cart because we're not going to get Michigan, Wisconsin in the quarterfinals. Now I'm very sad. About yeah. That. Yeah. I, and I really wanted chaos too. like, this was perfectly set up for Iowa to win this game. And if they didn't miss 12 free throws, chaos would have ensued. So sick about it, but congrats to the Illini on their shared banner. Now you, got, now you can actually claim a real banner. Enjoy I, that. I can't fathom the Murray brothers going one for six at the line. And also now like Illinois, might actually be special and I still can't get myself fully there to tolerate that but like this team's been clutch in big games and it feels like Michigan football like Chris Castellani said like they're getting over the hump now and they could make a march run I'm, I'm disgusted I feel so gross about it let's talk about the the tournament itself though okay we're gonna do the same props we gave to other people no guests for this one uh had a potential guest who is probably celebrating the Illinois win as he should be right now so we're just gonna rock the two of us uh, Illinois is the one seed, Rutgers the four seed, Wisconsin the two seed, Purdue the three seed, Michigan State is a seven, so they'll have to go through Maryland, Wisconsin, then Purdue. Michigan is the eight seed, playing a desperate Indiana team, then Illinois, then Rutgers slash Iowa. Uh, first off, which draw would you rather have, Michigan or Michigan State? Ooh, I think I'd rather have Michigan State's draw too i'm disgusted that michigan has to go through illinois instead of wisconsin like that was they could easily beat wisconsin they can't beat illinois yeah true but like also i don't is it bad to say that i think like this is going to be like the least interesting like conference tourney out of all of them maybe like for real though no i think you're right why do you think that though i don't it's just like i don't know nothing like really just just sticking out to me I don't know like I, I thought like a Michigan Wisconsin rematch would be really good but we're not getting that and I don't know it's uh, maybe maybe I should just blame Michigan State I'm just down <laughs> I'm just, just not excited to watch Big Ten basketball I don't know I think it's that you and I are like our team stink so we're not looking forward to this uh I think the storyline I'm most looking forward to I think is is Purdue gonna find themselves or not I've kind of been saying that all season but like they're the forgotten team here. They're the three seed mm-hmm. We're affected by the Illinois, Wisconsin drama, but here they are in a draw. That's going to get them likely Ohio state in game one, who is playing horrible right now. Uh, then they're in the side of the bracket where they are with Wisconsin or Michigan state. Like to me, the best teams in the conference right now are Illinois, Iowa and Rutgers when Rutgers plays well, <laughs> like, right. all, all those teams are on one side. Uh, it opens up nicely for Purdue or Car at Michigan State, a team who has beaten Maryland, Wisconsin, and Purdue this year. And that is yes. the draw that they have to the title game. So let me ask you this on this on the subject of Indiana and Michigan. So if Michigan would have beat Iowa, right? And then won out or the and it played out the way that it did the rest of the season, would they still be in the same spot? Or would it have I think Michigan and Michigan State would have flipped? Okay, because that's huge, I think. Like 
because right now Michigan has to play say what you want, but like Indiana's a team that's on like the first, like the next four outline. So like they have to win some games in this big 10 tournament. So like, you're going to be playing a team that is basically playing for their life, which kind of sucks. Like you could be playing a Maryland team was absolutely nothing to play for. So that, that makes a difference for me. Um, I still think that just looking at this bracket, like I still think we're going to end up getting another Illinois Purdue rematch, to be honest. I do too. I think Wisconsin now has new mental hurdles to jump over with the fact that they blew this title. They celebrated too early. They cut down the nets, did all the crazy shit on Tuesday, and then just couldn't hold serve against Nebraska, which is wild. Uh, I, I think Iowa has a run in them. Like I feel strongly we'll probably get Illinois, Iowa in the semi on that, on that side. Uh, I'm going to be fading Michigan in every game. Jawan's back. Who knows if Hunter Dickinson's back? Like the team probably doesn't need a win to make the tournament anymore. They can't really affect their seating. I don't know. They'll probably lose to Indiana game one. Uh, Wisconsin, Purdue could be interesting, but like, yeah, give me Purdue. I, maybe Purdue, Iowa is my pick. I think Illinois loses early. You do? Okay. I, yeah, I can see that too. Cause there's definitely, they're definitely going to be running off a high off this yeah. shared title and the front runnerness is going to be at an all time. Yeah. Well, actually, I guess they're not front runners now because they actually are in front. Yeah, they, they ran to the front and stayed in front. Good job, Illinois. Uh, all right, let's let's do some of the quick hitters that we asked some of our guests on the other conferences. Who's a player that could go Kemba and just win the entire tournament? Oh, I, you're gonna say EJ I don't know. You're going to say yeah. EJ Liddell. No, I was I actually wasn't going to say EJ Liddell. Um, I was trying to think about a guard and honestly, all the guards are in the top four things where maybe we get a Tyson Walker Kemba run in this tournament. Who knows? Oh God, that would be weird. <laughs> I'll, uh, can we, can I say Ron Harper jr? I know they're a top four seed, but I, I think yeah. would be shocked by Rutgers winning. And I, I think Ron is capable of just like being, the I, I think he's a hundred percent capable And on that subject of being hundred percent capable. I literally think we could get some fluky shit happening here. Like, a Penn State push, like Penn State's tough and they play defense, a random ass Nebraska push out of nowhere, the McGowan's brothers, like in Alonzo Verge. Somehow they, Nebraska won t- tonight with no McGowan's. Like that, that's what I'm saying. No McGowan's, and they still got it done. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh are you talking when you say a Penn State push, are we talking Jalen Pickett's best punch cart? I'm I'm talking I'm talking a punch like you've never I'm talking about a Seth Lundy punch that you've never seen before. Oh, wow, we could only be so lucky, Cart. I will be on site for the Big Ten tournament. I'm greatly looking forward to this. Uh, I'll try to put as much funny comment or content out as I can and document all of the hilarity as it ensues. Uh, okay, so I, I don't even know if betting odds are out yet. They'll probably be out by tomorrow. So mm-hmm. I would I would guess uh, nobody's like a big favorite. Like maybe Purdue and Illinois are similar odds. I bet you could probably get Wisconsin at like pretty decent odds if you're looking for that. Uh, give me your official semifinal picks, though. Uh, my official semifinal picks: We are going to get Illinois versus Michigan State, and Illinois is going to win the Big Ten tourney. That's that's your championship. I want the semi for. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, my fault, my bad. Sorry, Illinois. So we got Illinois versus Iowa. And then we will have Michigan State versus Purdue. Michigan State beats Purdue. Illinois wins. And then Michigan State loses to Illinois. I can't, I can't take you serious, man. You're so blinded by Mr. March. 
He built. He no, got I'm not. A, I'm, a, a no, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, this, this, they, this is the, I mean, what, they're a seven seed? Like, that's probably, honestly, we're talking about sprinkling on a team that could just give us a fluky-ass run. Like, it might happen. We also might lose to Maryland on the first day. Maryland's winning. Maryland's getting their revenge. Marcus Bingham's not hitting three threes in the first two minutes this game. <laughs> Maryland's actually going to win. We'll see. Uh, I No, I think Michigan and Michigan State both lose round one is my first prediction. Uh, I, I'll go for my semi. I think it's Illinois. I think it's Iowa. I think it's, uh, I guess, Wisconsin, and it's Purdue. I'm going to go Iowa versus Purdue. And I'm going to go Hawkeyes. I think Keegan Murray gets his revenge and they make some free throws. We don't like twins that miss free throws. My father always taught me that. But we do love twins. We do love twins, but not twins that miss free throws. Uh, there's no chance a big team, Big Ten team is going to make the Final Four. Like, no. none whatsoever. No, and this is not us trying to, like, do reverse karma or anything. Like, no, like, it's just being honest with ourselves. Yeah, the conference stinks. I'm over it. I don't like it anymore. Blame yeah, I'm also cha- I'm still I'm also changing my pick that I think the team that has the best chance to make a final four push is Iowa. <laughs> but like that's how bad the Big Ten is, is everyone's in on Fran McCaffrey right now. Like yeah. <laughs> he's it's, it's Iowa, it's Fran McCaffrey. They're gonna lose. And ima- imagine out. imagine if we get Jordan Bohanna's best punch. I love Jordan Bohanna. I really wish Jordan Bohanna would have taken a shot in the final three minutes instead of letting the wild, like, why are they playing through Chris Murray next year is the Chris Murray year. Not this year. Get the ball to Keegan. Maybe they thought he was Keegan. Well, he's lefty. Okay. Like, which is also great. That's one of the best little twin twists I've ever seen. One shoots lefty, one shoots righty. I love it. Uh, Cart. All right. This was fun. Uh, (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I'll see you next week. See you next year. Yeah. Glad our team stink. Let's March is here. Let's, let's I just hope for chaos and violence. We can promise that. Uh subscribe to the sleepers, please. It's for our families. And uh yeah. bracket and- contest coming out. Bracket contest coming out too. Yes, presented by Dimers. Stay tuned. Thank you and good night. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.